Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 81 of For the Kudos. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm joined with... Brett. Brett, how are you? I'm good. I can smell some burnt toast right now. So, And they're real like strict on making sure you put the, the ventilation fan on. So if the uh, fire alarm goes off, this will be a short episode. <laughs> like the time you and I were at uh, Gold Coast. Wasn't it like... We just wanted all oh, of yeah. It was a good night's sleep the night before the race and we were buddy out the front with a fireman scrubbing the deck with David Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it was, to be honest, that's the biggest exaggeration. I think we had to leave the room at 3 p.m. until 3.15. No, I feel like it was, no, no it was it definitely was, in the morning because we checked out oh, late because remember he called me on the run and he's like, Brett, you're supposed to be checked out. I'm like, mate, you made me get up early in the morning. I'm like, my delay is, my day's delayed. Yeah. Like, you guys will be all right. Literally. Yeah, there were flames lapping it, lapping under our bread. Yeah. bed. <laughs> Talking about burnt toast, going uh, a little off topic here. Um, obviously, living back at Box Hill. What do you have for breakfast every morning, by the way? What's your go- every morning, wheat picks. Three and a half wheat picks and a coffee. Oh, three and a half wheat picks. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't air in that out. <laughs> I wouldn't want people to know I only have three and a half wheat picks. <laughs> yeah, and I love just, how you, it's I love a how good little, to- um, it just sits on my stomach well. You, ha- you have a stitch on every third run, so. I literally do not, unless it's a brain stitch. I unless it's a race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of my training is races anyway, so that doesn't check out. Um, I am back in my folks in Box Hill, and I'd moved a lot of like my uh, groceries from Clifton Hill to Box Hill, and like I'm just throwing stuff in boxes and like not really knowing, you know, you sort of lose track of like how much you lose track of your stock, if you will. And it got to like a session, Friday morning session, um, my first session in a while since uh, the, the sickness. And I woke up, shook the uh, Uncle Toby's quick oats box, empty. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then I was looking, I'm like, give us a rice cup. Is there a rice cup? I'm like, nah. I'm like, I'm not spending 30 minutes cooking bloody rice on the stove. Um, and I was like, okay, what do I do? I looked at all the bread and I'm like, there's no bread there. And then I found in the freezer fruit toast, right? And I'm like, I don't really like fruit toast. I've never had it before the session. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, fine. I'll have it. Now, I don't know if it's like the composition of the bread of the fruit toast is slightly different to normal bread, but I've been using the toaster in Box Hill uh, like quite regularly to have, to have toast. But I don't know if maybe the fruit toast has more sugar in it or something, but I'll put these fucking but- little... I put these little bastards in. I put three of them in, and I like. I woke up fairly early, but I don't calculate a failed breakfast into my get ready time. Do you know what I mean? So, put three three beautiful pieces of of uh, fruit toast in the toaster. These things came out as three carbon discs. Like they were the most burnt things on earth. I had to scrape. I had to scrape off all the bacon. It's cast. Were well, the last three pieces as they well? Were like no, no, no. Uh. There were two more left. The ends. <laughs> so, so it may as well have been. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I'm scraping off the burn, but the burn went so deep that I was left with like, they may as well be like those thin rice crackers. So I've gone to this threshold with like zero energy and I'm just like, oh, well, you know, there's nothing out of my control. <laughs> oh. I always, I don't have toast that often, but when I do, I always burn it because Geordie always has it turned up to like max. <laughs> It's like because he buys the one dollar cold bread, freezes it for about six months, and it has to get rid of like the the ice burn that it's got. 
<laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, and then you've got like a beautiful sourdough. Yeah, because if I buy bread, I only buy like nice, it's yeah. like sourdough or something like that, and then end up burning it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing worse than shaving off the burn because you're just like, I'm, I'm not just like getting rid of burn. I'm getting rid of good bread that has been burnt. Yeah. And now I'm less. This is, and like each scrape, it's like there's 30 cents gone, <laughs> 40 cents gone. Exactly right. I was like, yeah, I was hearing like dings in the bottom of the sink and I'm like, oh, there it's goes coins. a raisin. There goes a, but no, a coin. <laughs> there goes a 50 cent piece. There goes a burnt raisin. It all adds up. Oh, shit. Um, so we are recording from different studios. I am in Box Hill and you are up at Falls Creek. I am. I am up at Falls Creek here on Thursday, but it's been... Uh, it's raining since, but I haven't run in the rain, which has been good. Give us a uh, honest rundown. Maybe not too honest, but how is the Schuss Ski Lodge? Uh, it's it's good. Um, like the, there's plenty of room. There's plenty of lounge space. The kitchen's great. Yeah. Um, so it's all good. Like it's yeah. it's pretty quiet at the moment. There's only like probably six of us here. Let's hear the uh, negatives. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't because uh, <laughs> so the um, the rod of this place is um pretty strict on the on the <laughs> making sure there's no crumbs and everything like that. Really, the the um the yes, no, gotcha. yeah, gotcha. yeah, whatever gotcha. it is, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to send Rod up there. He'd be a bit more chill. Yeah, yeah, he'd be way more chill. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so for the listeners that don't know, my dad is a member of a ski lodge, and he organised with Collis for the MTC to go up to the Schuss Ski Lodge. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get up there. I go up on Wednesday, so I'm sort of yeah in between the two two groups because then the main group gets up on the on the twentieth. Yeah, cool. We'll be good um, to have another person here. So, you ha- how many people are you there with? Um, there's like myself, Logan, yeah, Rose, Kara, uh, this Japanese guy named Yoji, and Andrew White. That's standing in our place. Gotcha. There's others on the mountain. And then Jen and Jen and Ryan. Grego and Archer. Yeah. Um has that main group like the uh Bailey and stuff, have they all gone home? They went home yesterday. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, so we have plenty to get through um before we get into our training weeks. Um, kicking right off, we have mentioned it sort of, you know, a bit softly in the past few episodes, but we're really starting to pump it up now because it's getting, it's, uh, it's actually a month from today, from day of recording, the Mori plant meet. So it was the first time the event was held last year. Um, obviously both Brett and I knew Mori plant, Brett, you were incredibly close with Mori. Um, our aim for this, uh, you know, part, we're partnering with Athletics Australia and we're just trying to get as many people to that meet as possible. Um, I think definitely from, you know, my experience, we we look at the crowds of Sydney Marathon. We look at the crowds of Melbourne Marathon and stuff, how many people are there, and it's just insane. We know that there are that many people out in Melbourne um, and, you know, the greater greater suburbs of Melbourne that are so interested in running. There's a reason why all these road races are f- uh, filling out, but often big track races and stuff just don't seem to grab the, uh, the you know, don't get the the attendance numbers um, that we sort of think. think. And I think often people don't know about it. So you know, our aim is to really pump up um, the quality of this meet on Feb 15th. It's going to be at Lakeside, Lakeside Stadium, Murray Plant Meet. You can find a lot of details online. We'll post stuff on our socials. Um, but it's going to be insane. 
uh, we've had some pretty amazing um, athlete announcements. So Jake Whiteman, I was going to say reigning world champion in the 1500 meter, but he's not. He is, what was that? Twenty Last year. 2022 he was. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, 2023 was Josh Kerr. Um, how's this lineup for the, the mile? It's Jake Whiteman versus Peter Boll, who was announced today, versus Stewie, versus Elliot Kip- Kipsang, versus Cam Myers, versus Sam Tanner. Who's your pick there? Oh, I'm going my boy Stewie. But it's like, it's crazy when you look at that field. Like, with a lot of sub th- 330 and, and and like Cam Myers, he's like probably got the sixth fastest PB and his PB is like 333. And he's like crazy. a star. Crazy. So, a little a little side note on to Cam Myers. He he um put up that post of athlete, junior athlete, uh, Athletics Australia Junior Athlete of the Year. And I just replied to him and I said, I feel robbed. <laughs> and I go, and I I go, where do I protest? And he goes, protest on FTK. So here you go, Cam, if you're listening, I'm protesting. I, to be honest, I know I'm 29, but I just I genuinely felt like I was robbed from that award. Yeah, but I think like if Cam is allowed to be a junior running that fast, we're allowed to be in the junior category as well. <laughs> <laughs> he just changes the jun- like the categorization for junior a- Ages athletes. have gone out the window. <laughs> okay, Joel just laughed so hard, his headphones flew off his head. All right, I'm back. I'm back. I have not had uh, much luck with the headphones this uh, no. this episode, have I? It took me. I, I promised Brett I was going to be ready at um, four pm, and I logged on at four. But it's like, oh, he's ready to to go. It took me twenty minutes and about ten different uh, pairs of headphones to get going for this. So I'm in a new studio. It takes a while to adjust. It does, but we're good. So, we're good. So another thing on that Murray Plant meet, we are going to have a awesome FTK cheer zone. Um, that is, you know, again, we're partnering with, with Athletics Australia. So they are helping us set up, a, you know, a big cheer zone. It's going to be really cool. There's lots of stuff that we're trying to, you know, implement to make it like a really sick vibe. Um, we're going to have like LED, you know, light cubes. There's going to be lights, big banners and stuff like that. Do I hear big bags? I think we, maybe we have whatever we want. Yeah. Pick something else. Hoverboards. Hoverboards. <laughs> yeah. Done. We'll have them there. <laughs> start chant now. As you're listening to this on your run, start chanting out things. Good chance it'll be there. <laughs> um, we Yeah, it's going to be really cool. So what we want to ensure is like if you're an FTK fan or an FTK listener, come to that zone. It'd be you know really I mean? cool that the rest of the same is pretty much empty and yeah. just our section is, is like full. We're, we're aiming for like 10,000, you know, or 8,000 people at the Murray Plant meet. I'm going to say I want 7,000 people in that FTK, yeah. FTK cheer zone. There's a line to get into the FTK yeah, Gizo. Genuinely. Bodyguards and all that. Now, Brett, you are going to be is that announced? No, I don't know. I'm I'm my race, so we'll see. Okay. Brett just as I started doing that, Brett did some weird wrapping thing in his <laughs> hand as if telling me don't bring that up. So I'll yeah, be there though. I'll you'll be, be there. You'll be around. You better be coming to the <laughs> everyone because I'm in there and everyone's like, Where's Brett? Where's Brett? And I'm looking over at you sitting with the headphones on by by yourself in the back straight. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Eminem go. <laughs> Lose yourself in the- Yeah, that's how I was hey, trying to think of that. That's two episodes in a row we've brought up. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so yeah, see you all on Feb 15th for the Murray Plant meet. If we don't see you there, uh, we don't consider you a fan. And that is including all our international listeners. So start booking <laughs> flights now. 
Um, we also had Chasing Paris episode one come out on the main feed. Chasing uh, Paris UK, that is. UK, sorry, yeah. Um, with Mark Scott and Phil Sessman. So they're both in Kenya. So they kind of explained what it's like living and training in Kenya because there's a lot of things that go into being in a, in a, in a different country, um, especially like diet and just how the training works. So cool to hear those insights. Um, and Mark also went in a little bit into the NN camp, which is where most of the world's best marathon runners come from. Um, Elliot Kipchoge, just to name some random marathon runner. But um, <laughs> And so, yeah, Mark's also been kind of advised by Patrick saying Elliot's coach. So um, it's some pretty cool insights. But from now on, all episodes will be on Patreon only. So sign up to Patreon if you haven't already. There's heaps of good content on there um, yeah. coming out each week. I think the most interesting thing is like, obviously, you know, our, our Patreon numbers are growing. People do love um, what we offer on Patreon. But one thing that we have learned is obviously just in our, you know, we're in the sort of MTC bubble, right? So a lot of our contacts are MTC. And and with that, we often have, um, you know, the same sort of training outlook, similar sort of a, approaches to things. And that's why, you know, we wanted to do this episode because they've got, they don't train under Nick. They've got the entirely different training. Um, and so it's just interesting for people to hear about how other people go around uh, around marathons because, you know, they're not going to be doing the same sort of programs um, as we do. So there's going to be plenty to learn from in that regard. Plus they've got an accent, so it makes just makes spices things up a little bit. Yes, that is true. Um, um, hey, just before you go, Brett, I'm yep. just going to do an incredible magic trick um, just for the listeners at home. And from right now, if Duff works his magic... Three, two, one. Now, my audio is going to sound so much better because I didn't click record on audition before. (laughs) 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 I'm pretty sure the Zoom Zoom audio doesn't sound too bad, but the audition audio definitely sounds better. So, I'll tell tell, uh, Duff to make me sound better. Um, Yeah, that's funny. So, yeah, Um, you recorded hot takes on Sunday? Yeah, I was a a guest on the show, which was cool. Um, Cool just to talk some, some running news. So, yeah, kind of. Myself, Riley and Elise went over the women's Boston fields that had just come out. Um, we kind of talked about how it's like London and Boston kind of have like a, a dick swing contest to see who can announce the best fields every year. Yeah. And so it's just like getting ridiculous now. Like they just, it's just soon they're going to have like, oh yeah, we've got 100 203, sub 203 guys <laughs> and 100 two, sub 220 girls. So um, yeah, it's kind of funny. But And then also... Elise got a pair of Alpha Flight threes, so we talked about the the hype of them and and people reselling, and then yeah, talked to, made some big predictions for twenty twenty four. Yeah, was one of um, them, was one of them running me running a marathon? It was. Was it actually? Yeah, Fuck, Elise's. Elise's. Yeah. Have you listened to it? Nah, I don't listen to any of the Patreon content. Sorry, sorry. But aren't you? Yeah, um, because because we a few things in it, and I was like, oh yeah, Joel will hear this when he edits it. Well, I'd, and I was going to say, well, I don't reckon he's listening to the whole thing. <laughs> to, no, to be honest, I, I look. I don't know. Does Jen listen to these main? Well, she's only human. She probably does. Um, she said once to you, like we're talking about, and she goes, "Well, I know Joel listens, and it's up because I can pick like 
different. Like I'll, I'll hear snippets as I edit them, yeah. but I don't listen to it. Honestly would take like three hours for me to listen from the beginning to the end and edit things. So I sort of snip, go, go through, but yeah, um, no, it was just a guess because I said, I think to Riley or maybe even to you in the chat, I'm like, I want to, my aim, long-term aim, like I've got, I'm so unfit right now. And people have sort of had a few people messaging me like, oh, are you thinking about Gold Coast Mara? And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I just want a year of training, but I would love to be, um, you know, in a financial position at the end of the year where I can just, and, you know, hopefully Nick or Collis could get me like a sub elite start and I would just fly myself to Valencia. I would really like, that's, that's my, that's my goal. Haven't spoken to Nick or Collis about it, but. Um, yeah. Well, it was actually Elise's um, prediction, but. Prediction. Yeah. And then, we, and we all went on to go, yeah, no, he shouldn't do Valencia. He should just do like Gold Coast or Melbourne or something. I know. And that's what, and that's sort of what everyone, like a lot of people have said. And I bet you Nick and Collis will say that too, but it's not what I want to do. I know, yeah, but we, we were just saying like, you know, it'd be good to go through the motions of doing the training, getting to yeah, the start line, doing one, for sure. and then you, then you go to Valencia next For time. sure, for sure, and that does sound good, but just imagine, you know, I'm just thinking time-wise, right? Say Gold Coast, and I do that, and then I'm injured. Yeah. Because because it is a little rush. Like, it's it's now Jan yeah. 15th now, yeah, and well, I'm don't, so yeah. slow, so it's like i got to start a marathon block in, say, 12 weeks. Um, whether I do a full marathon block or anything, but then imagine I get injured just before that. That means Valencia's gone. So I sort of want to push it right back. Hey, if there was a marathon in Melbourne in December, I'd be like, okay, cool. It's more, the thing about Valencia that attracts me the most is not, like obviously it is fast, but who cares if you, to be honest, in my eyes, who cares if I run 210 or I run 214? I'm not making a team, right? Pat just, we're about to talk about this, um, but like look what Pat just ran. Look at how Liam Adams is running. Look how you're running. It's like, I'm not making a team. So I don't really care. Mm. It's not so much about going and running a flat fasting. One, I haven't been out of, I haven't been to Europe for a long time. I would just like to just do that. Um, and two, the, the, sorry, and the, the number one thing is the time. The more time I have, yeah, the, 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 I have the more, you know, just being so fucking injury prone. So yeah, anyway, um, I will have to listen to that hot, hot takes. Make sure none of you are bitching about, like I, I hear and Elise goes, yeah, my prediction is, is uh, Joel running a marathon and then you and Riley are like, <laughs> 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 just go off. It's like 10 We're minutes making unre- unrealistic <laughs> predictions. Joel breaking fifteen for the for the five k in twenty in between twenty twenty four and twenty twenty six. Another, geez, we we said we had a lot to run through before we got into training weeks, and that is true. Um, so we mentioned this last week, but again, not too long to go. Feb nineteenth is our live show at Runners Paradise. Now we have been lucky enough to secure a special guest, um, but due to a non-disclosure agreement, we cannot give away who that guest is. But Brett and I decided we can legally um, tell you what it rhymes with and it rhymes with Brewy McBrain. So that's all we can say. So yes. <laughs> okay, for the, for, the, for the listeners that can't see the video, is as I've said that, Brett just puts his hand in his ear. Like, and I don't know. That, and let me tell you, sometimes that means he's laughing so much, but that was definitely more like a, oh, Joel, you're a fucking idiot. It's like we're better than that. <laughs> we're better than that. But we did it, so we're not. Um, so, yeah, tickets will come on sale soon. Probably when we're heading up to Falls Creek, we'll be, uh, we'll be working on that. Last couple of things just before we crack into the training weeks. Pat Tiernan. Hats off, mate. That was insane. Yeah. 207.45 overnight at Houston Marathon, finishing fourth. Um, but yeah, great run. A typical Pat run. 
even pace, 63.53, and then 63.52. Now, it's easy for me to say, go on and talk about how like talented Pat is and how people sometimes forget about him and how t- talented he is. On Inside Running Podcast, they put up a, a poll. Like, will he be, I think it was like under 208 or over 208? Maybe mm. was he? Yeah, was or two eight ten maybe. Two eight ten. Yeah, under or over or something. And this is not me. Hey, I actually really like Pat. I've known Pat. Pat and I raced against each other when we were kids, so I've known him for a long, much longer than I know you guys. And I think he's a really good guy. But I clicked over. I just didn't think he would run that. So, I clicked under. I said in hot takes as well. Two eight flat. Yeah, there you go. Shows, um, shows one I, yeah, it's one. I running. thought he would run somewhere in the two eights. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, a very good run. But like, yeah, you look at Pat, he always, everyone knew he was going to have something really good in him. In the yeah, he's just, like, he, he's just got that engine and yeah, um, yeah, just had to put it together. So, and, and I think be injury free, which, which he has, been, he has been for a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. If he sh- shaved his legs, he would have run like 206. I, I know. I know. Still needs to do that. But, um, <laughs> and Valencia 10K was on overnight and, a new world record by Agnes Chabet. I'm taking I know, head, it's headphones just, off for this. 28.46. It's so crazy. Obviously it's so road, also, but, yeah. second was 28.57, which is a world record. Quicker than the road, quicker than the track. Yeah, so, what's, so what's women's track world record? I think it's 29.01 or 29.03 or something. So this, okay, the thing that I find funny about this is I coming from triathlon, I feel like I've always run quicker on the roads than the track. I think a fair few people do. Yeah. See, but maybe maybe with the new shoes they are, but like when I first joined like MTC and stuff, people were like, um, they were like always talking about how much quicker you are on the track. But I think different kinds of people run different kind of things. But I've always thought like when I'm 10 out of 10 fit, I would love to go do like a real flat park run paced. And I know for sure that I would run quicker than on the track. I fucking hate running on the track, like turning... Yeah, I think a lot of people do it mentally. It's pretty hard. It's like 25 laps. That's You're not running to mean. feel. You're yeah. running to just these lap splits. Yeah. Where in the 10K, like she uh, went out like 247 first K or something. Like was flying way too fast. But like you can, I feel like you don't get away with it in the track. For some reason, you get away with it in the road. Yeah, so to put that into perspective, last year, I say last year, it was January last year, but it was actually two Zatapex ago. Um, so what was it? January 2023. I, it was like one of my first, you know, it was my first probably good track 10K when I ran Zatapec. I came fourth in Australia at Zatapec and I ran 28.47. I, I won it in 2012, no, 2014 in 28.46. Wow. But that, but that was probably a, like it was tactical and slow, right? Yeah, but still, I, I could go. Okay, I can go and do a road race. Like, yeah, I've you run twenty eight forty six. Like, you're probably in a road race. Hard and pushing and, yeah, hard. Like, yeah, like yeah. it's just still it's, a good effort. Like, I, I think I ran about that at Sydney ten k, um, a year and a half ago. Yeah, winning it. Yeah, and yeah. I was going hard. And you're going yeah. hard. Yeah, it's fucking good job. Yeah, Jeez, Valencia, we- Valencia. It's like. It is the place to be. Here, here I am, like giving. I was like going, like giving you the six options of why I want to go to Valencia, and number six was, oh yeah, I suppose it's flat and fast. It's like bullshit. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> that's like that's the option at the top in bold. You know when you write notes in your phone and bold on the first note goes yeah, to bold. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's that's the, the one, and then and then the dot points start under that. <laughs> um, let's get into some training weeks. Thankfully, I have had 
a somewhat more interesting training week compared to last week. Um, but in good yeah. FTK fashion, why don't you go first, Brett? Sure. Um, so I started my week on Monday. Let's just get down a little week. Can, um, I, just say, did it. can I just say yeah. something? We're coming up to, we're about a month away from two years on the airways. Yeah. Because we started fair, middle of Feb. Feb. Yeah, wasn't it right at the start of Feb? Maybe so we're with a two weeks away then. Yeah. Um, and that it's taken me two years to finally crack it. But if you start your week with the words, so I started my week with a Monday, I'm no longer being on this podcast because I just don't think it's necessary. All right, let's just cut all that and we'll start again. Okay. <laughs> so start my week on a Monday. <laughs> 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 um, dear, and this was after that my world's hardest long run the day before when I was just fried um, did an hour at 4.20s so it's just holding it back a little bit still felt pretty pretty bad ran 7.5k that night um, my you know the week before I was like doing strides because I'm trying to get all fast again <laughs> that lasted one week didn't do strides again <laughs> had good intentions but just wasn't able to get out there um, went to the track on Tuesday morning. Were you there for this one? No. 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 Sickies boy. Yeah. So this is, we had a, um, a session. So we started off with 10 300s in 48 with a hundred meter jog in between 20 and 25, usually about 23. So that's like laps in about 71 average. I think it was. Um, but it's like a pretty hard way to run 71. Like it was just 4K, just continuous. And then had 600 jog and then we did a K in 235. Yeah. And then had another 400, uh, 600 jog and then we did, uh, sorry, 400 jog and then we did um, five, a 6 by 800 and I was struggling. In these 800s. I was stanking balls. No, I wasn't too bad. I ran. So the first running, one. Running well, but they just found felt so hard or? Yeah, because they obviously built up a fair bit of lactic in those first two things. And then we were supposed to go 220, 210, 220, 210, 220. And um, the first one ran 220, but I was just kind of like five meters off mm. Jack and Stewie. And hit, hit 220, but I was just like, wasn't easy. And then Stewie goes, no, nah, my lactate's a bit higher. I think I'll just sit on in this one, boys. And Stu- and Jack had just taken the first one. So I'm like, well, it's up to me. Let's try to run 210 when I could only just run a two. And I was like, I said to him, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'll try. I'll try, but I won't be able to do it. Yeah. Um, and they were like, uh, they were like, fine, pretty hard too. So they was like, yeah, no worries, just whatever. Yeah. Um, I ran 214. Yeah. And then 220 the next one, 218, 218. Um, so I wasn't really able to bring it down. Yeah. Um, but I felt good in that the, by the last one. Like I felt like I was running well again. But yeah, just those first few ones were, were pretty well, how tough. How much was but, the break between the eights? Uh, a minute. A minute. Can yeah. you? You said there were two things. What was the the first thing? Was the ten three hundreds, and then a K. Yeah. Uh, no, and then a hard K. Hard K. What did you yeah. run for the hard K? Two thirty five. Okay. So, so I, it was supposed to be two thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. So Sometimes really we get it, and it's like. Run as fast as you yeah, can. Max. It's a time trial. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, don't try and act like that 235 wasn't. I could have run a 234.9. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with a dip into the fucking line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, Mac was telling me about this session. And 
I said, like we were talking about it and I said, that is the thing. Cause obviously all of us athletes, you know, we were even though we're all doing different um, things and we are different abilities, but say when we're all at our fittest, right? We're generally all yeah. training like pretty much together. And I've said the one I've noticed that the session that I do the worst at, like if we had like two Ks and 1600 or whatever, like I'll be able to sit on you guys when I'm fit. But the thing that I find so fucking difficult is when we start the session with the 10 300s. And yeah. I've realized it's because I'm, of all you guys, I would run like the slowest 1500. And it's just all to do with lactate tolerance. And I'm like, I know that if I skip that and then jumped into the session, I'd be fine. But it's just like that 10 300s fuck, like, fucks me. And even Smack was yeah. like, yeah, look, Smack said he had to have a break in between because obviously, yeah, the, the worst, someone like Stewie just finds that it just doesn't hurt him as much, yeah. you know? But yeah. for me, it's like I'm hanging on for dear life. And once you get to that point, unless I have like 10-minute rest of easy jogging, my session's pretty much done. Well, that's what it was Clarky. He did nine. So yeah. he didn't do the last one. So we've had 600 jog, which is three minutes. Yeah, He's had nearly five minutes. And I'm like, that's a completely different session. It's a, it is. Because the idea is to make yourself tired and yeah. then run fast. Yeah. Um. But if he was able, to be honest, the coach in me says that if he was able to then finish the workout with you guys, or, or then that is a sort of good thing. Because like I've been in that position where I will do ten, and then fucking three k into the session, I'm literally done. Like Collis is telling me to get like get off the track and fucking do something, or go with the bloody next group or something because I've just I've cooked it. Once you cook yeah. it, it's very hard to come back from. I know, but the idea of this that start bit is to make yourself tired and heavy and have like anyways which i understand but you guys are a different ability to me so if i am doing that session yes. which i have with you think how much that affects me it's like you going to do it with jake whiteman yeah right so then it's sort of like well i should have i should be doing those, those maybe a couple seconds slower or something like that yeah maybe yeah or you're told to run we're told to run 235 you're told to run 240 something like that yeah the reason I'm talking about this is not sort of to make excuses for my running. It's more to give insight into the listeners, you know, who have like maybe a, like going down to training in groups, um, you know, and I find it funny in training so many people, like you see these big groups of people training together and doing sessions together, right? So you like go down to a casual run club and there's eight by K and you see like a group of eight guys all doing eight by K together. Ask what the fastest 10k PB is and what, ask yeah, what the yeah. slowest 10k PB is. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Anyway, after a little rant of yours, no, but it is no, but it is very true. It yeah. is very true. It um. Yeah. I just do it to and, break and up it's your just, boring training week. Well, to be honest, that was another thing we kind of spoke about in in uh, hot takes. Was Grant Fisher did a interview about leaving Bowman, and he said just some of the trainings wasn't individualized to him. Yeah. So some of it was, and then some of it he's like, so it, it's hard in it, like, because it's obviously a world class group and they're all really good runners, but they're trying to get medals. So, like, they, he wanted the training all to be specific to him. Like, yeah. he didn't understand why he's doing some because you're not going to get the full benefit if it's yeah. not exactly for him, but it's just part of being in the group. Yeah. Well, that's, and, but that's the, the sacrifice. If the coach, had everyone on a hundred percent pure individual things. There's probably eight sessions going on every Tuesday. Yeah, and you and you're not. And there's also the pros of the group, With the group aspect. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, um, I went to the gym that Arvo with Stewie, and then ran. Did my double at four o'clock with Stewie around the lake. 
early double. Eight, eight kilometers, yeah, I know, because I was meeting him at the gym at 2.30, and he's like, do you want to run after? I was like, yeah, and uh, so, <laughs> yeah, pretty early, but I think he must do that all the time. How do you find running after the gym? Uh, you, you feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's always heavy, but I um, always would prefer if I was like back when I when, when I get to the stage of doubling, I will do, um, I, I'd like to jog, like do a thirty minute run into gym. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just sort of warms up. Mm. But I also find a six. I've done sixty minute like my morning run into gym, and it just makes me feel a little bit tired for gym. Yeah. 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 Uh, I ran an hour that night through like Studley Park. And then went down to the lake on Thursday morning for threshold, and we did three by twelve minutes with one minute float, kind of float recovery. So the and so the what we we're doing was the first one was kind of be like a heart rate effort. The second one was just a little bit below, and then the third one back to heart rate effort. So the first one was two fifty eight pace. Second one was two fifty nine pace. And then the third one was 257 pace. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, they're all pretty even. Um, it's hard, maybe, I don't know, maybe just a little bit of wind affected the pacing exactly. But it's hard doing that, that way because you have the first one where it takes you like seven or eight minutes to kind of get to threshold. Yeah. Then the second one, if you're like, all right, holding back, it's kind of ends up being the same kind of heart rate. Also, maybe it's like, yeah, and then the third one, then you got kind of getting right up to threshold in that. So, but it was it was a nice day and um, had a good pack. So, it was a good session. I was kind of that's the best threshold I've had in a while, which was good. Um, and then drove off to Falls Creek and did six k. No, sorry, seven and a half k with Collis. Um, didn't decide to test yourself out in the uh the, that live laugh love run chat that we had where you drive to Falls Creek and then do a 10k TT, no warm up as fast oh, as you yeah. can. Remember that chat? <laughs> we were talking for the for the uh for the non FTK friends of the show. The, for the for the frenemies of the show that aren't <laughs> yeah. on Patreon, we were talking about what we, we were coming up with numbers of what we thought if you get changed into like your race kit with your race shoes in Melbourne and then you drive five hours to the top of Falls Creek, no can't do any stops, anything like that. Just a normal drive and you get, you drive all the way to the top to the lake, pull over your car, open the door and start a 10 kilometer time trial. What, what, what could you run? And Brett said something like you, you originally were like, I don't know, I reckon I'd get pretty close to 30. And I argue that because I was like, I think you wouldn't realize what would happen at like 4k. Like your body would just be like, what the fuck? And like, you'd just be so, because there's no warm up. But I think you need to put it to the test to see if it works. Yeah, I should have. I forgot about it. I knew there was something I had to do when I got up here. I couldn't <laughs> put my finger on it. I was wondering why I was wearing my race kit. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rambo Collis and he, it's funny, like he just spoke the whole time even though he's like not that fit and he was just exhausted by the end. Um, did the tower run on Friday morning, just an easy hour and then another 8K that night. Then I did hill reps and I reckon it's the first time in, I honestly don't know when the last time I did hill reps. I think like. Probably back one of the years I was there. Maybe. I did it once by myself in 2021, I think. Okay. Um, 
or coming into 2022. And, Man, that's, and right. then, <laughs> that's pretty boring. That's like, nah, it's like, yeah, okay. 18 I was, ago. Nah, nah. So what happened though? Because I, well, I freaking say it now. I had COVID. So I wasn't training with anyone. I was training that's by myself. Right. So I did it at a different section. Gotcha. Um, and it's just by myself or sick. So it wasn't really the same effort. Yeah. And then, um, and I've gone home two days later because I was cooked from doing that session. And then, but before that, it had been years. So, but yeah, the hills were good. Um, I had kind of pretty much just had Grego with me for most of the hills. Um, I saw I a video. Maybe a few like seconds of gen- junior boys on you. Yeah, they were doing um, two <laughs> hundreds. <The> yeah, <laughs> no, they would do like a long rep, couple of short reps, long rep. Gotcha. Did um, they stay with you in the long rep for maybe like five hundred. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, so I was kind of like finishing maybe, I don't know, five seconds in front on each rep. And then on the last one, I was like, all right, I want to push it, the last 400. And I pushed it. And then on the, sorry, that was in the second last one. Then on the last one, could barely get up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> I love what we've been on this podcast for two years and we try and give out some, you know, we get messages from people going, oh, you guys are just like so wise. And like you, the amount of info you give out, it helps me so much. And then like we come up with when when we're talking about our training weeks, it's like do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, it was because like me and Gregor were jogging down. And he's like, "All right, I'm gonna smack the last 200 of the last one," and but I was like finishing like five seconds in front. I'm like, "All right, I'll go real hard in this one." So I'm pretty tired in the last one. So we can have a, we can have a good battle. Um, and we were just laughing because we were just like we've done this so many times, and now we're just like mucking around doing it. <laughs> we're like 32, 33, and thinking <laughs> we can just fuck around, and it's definitely shouldn't be doing it. But um. When you say yeah, you couldn't just, get up the hill, how how slow? How much slower was your last to your second last? Ten seconds. Yeah, and it was four seconds slower than my second last, second slowest. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you do you want to explain to the listeners what what you blamed it on after? Yeah, the rocks stuck in my <laughs> shoes. <laughs> that was some pretty fucking big rocks. <laughs> they were, and so one of them was like moving around. So I didn't know what it was. I thought like. <laughs> The sole of my shoe would come off, and I was like, a, "You thought a metatarsal got loose?" Yeah, <laughs> but I reckon that could have been, I don't know, definitely worth eleven seconds or something. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So no, it was, but it was the first time I felt like that in ages. So it was good to do it. Um, yeah, even that last rep was pretty bad. It was good to push myself and feel a bit of lack, lactic in the legs. Good. Um, and then ran yeah another eight k that night. Um, and then did the long run loop, which is 28k. Um, I just stopped there. So L54, 404s, which was 169.8 kilometers for the week. That's good. Yeah, feeling good. Good work. Well, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think we'll be doing much training together when I get up to Falls Creek, but that's all right. We'll spend enough time with each other. I said this to Jack, and Jack goes, Jack goes, yes, you will, all the easy runs. And I'm like, no, you guys run too quick for me for the easy runs. Like I want to go up there and focus on sessions. If I'm doing the Wednesday run at 4.05s with you, then I'm not going to be able to do my fucking threshold properly. So, but I'm cool. Actually, well, me and Gregor, I think I'm doing that heels. Like he's, because now he's like pretty similar to me, like been running, doing marathon training and haven't done heel reps in a while. And uh, this morning he's like, oh, I'm going to take it pretty easy. My quads are pretty sore from the heels. I was like, yeah. When I got up on Sunday morning, I was like, what the hell is this feeling in my quads? Like, <laughs> so we we ran kind of pretty easy today. What pace did you say was today? Sorry, it was Sunday? Sunday, 404s. Yeah, so there you go. Like, I'm just not going to do that. Um, all right, my training How was your week. My training week, um, obviously I explained last. So last Monday we recorded and I explained I had tonsillitis and I was fucking 
just crook as. Um, I don't, did I do a run on Monday? I don't remember if I did a run. I don't, I think, I think, I yes, no, I did. I did a short run. So my first run in like seven days was that 25 minute Sunday run that I did. And I was moving yeah. house. Um, and I talked about all this last week, but just feeling like fucking dog shit. I did another 30 minutes on Monday. It was pissing down all day. Um, before I got into, uh, I had to, I was just moving house and I still was on antibiotics and still feeling shit. Um, then I was like, okay, this week is all about me just trying to get as much. Once I've moved, um, I definitely felt a sense of like being relaxed as much as I like don't want to be like at my parents' house. I know I'm like saving money um, and I just like the stress is just not there. You know, I've got fucking, I've got getting most of the food cooked for me. Um, it's just kind of, yeah, more relaxing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to spend this week just getting organized, getting back onto a good routine, getting heaps of sleep. Um, and yeah, so I decided I messaged Collis and I said, I'm not going to come to training on Tuesday. To me, it just didn't make sense to, I reckon, you know, old Joel hasn't been spoken about a while, but um, <laughs> he would definitely have gone to training on Tuesday because he would, it was like a week off training, 25 minute run Sunday, 30 minute run Monday, and then go try to do like a big session on Tuesday. And I'm like, what am I going to get out of that? I'm still on antibiotics. Um, I'm still not feeling a hundred percent. I'm probably going to cook it. So I'm like, you know what? My goal is to get, a run done Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it was like, you know, Sunday, 30 minutes, Monday, 30 minutes. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all an hour, which I haven't done three hour runs in a row yet mm -hmm. because I'd always do like session, hour, uh, session, hour, and then day off and then like session, hour or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, did that. Tuesdays was a really nice hour from um, my house in Box Hill all the way through like Blackburn Lake and stuff. I love that. Um, it's far more hilly than where I, where I've been used to running, but I, I just enjoy it. And that was at like 4.23 pace. Um, then the next day was interesting. I, so I had the pulse Tuesday workouts that, that night. Um, and Jack was down there and like in typical disorganized Jack fashion, like just as he's leaving, he goes, Oh, by the way, um, there's a spot for you in, uh, the Yo Matilda's yoga session at the M pavilion. Um, the, the, next morning. That, the next morning, it's that, <laughs> the, um, that designed space opposite yeah. NGV. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You, you, you would have seen Matilda sharing it. So, um, and I said, oh yeah, perfect. What time are that? And he goes, uh, eight. And I was like, okay, interesting. 8am yoga. I live in Box Hill. I'm like, all right, fuck it. It'll be good. I need to prioritize yoga. So <laughs> we, I got there, made sure I was there. Did you get the train in or drive? Drove. Drove because then I was going to do a run with Jack after. And I had a co yes. coaching call with a new athlete at 10. So in my mind, I sort of I was pushing it. I was going to push his call back because I thought it was like eight to nine yoga. I'll do an hour run with Jack um, and then I'll call at like 10.30 and then drive home and just do, do the call in, in the car. Um, get to the yoga session, do the one, like the one hour yoga. I found like, you know, I found it really good and, and it was beautiful morning for it. Felt super healthy and nice. And then Matilda got off the mic and tra transitioned into uh, this sound bowl guy for a guided meditation on the sound bowls. Now, I'll explain it in my, in my perspective, right? We would do it. I, was, I laid on my back. Everyone was on the back. I forget what that yoga pose is called. Remember when we used to do it with Ryan Mannix and we'd like love that last bit oh, a little yeah. bit because we'd it's be, just lying there. Just lying there, really. You're just in <laughs> yeah. a pure state of relaxation. And we, yeah, we're doing this, doing this guided meditation and 
five minutes in, this is because it's funnier from my perspective. It's like we do it for five minutes and then like a minute later, I sort of like open my eyes and everyone's sitting up and he's like wrapping in, like he's sort of wrapping it up and I sort of look around. I like, I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, yeah, I better sit up too. And I sit up and then like Matilda, the, the thing ends. We do the uh, the old namaste if, if you're familiar in the business. Um, and then Matilda comes over to me laughing and she goes, Joel, how long were you asleep for? And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, I go, how long did that meditation? I go, how long did that short meditation last by the end? She goes, 30 <laughs> minutes. So I had fallen asleep five minutes in and they were doing all different guided movements and I was sound asleep. Oh, they asleep. were moving. I don't know, but I was sound asleep on my back for 25 minutes, just sound asleep. And I'm like, how luckily I'm not a snorer. And I'm like, well, fuck, that proves yeah. I'm relaxed. Um, so it was quite funny. And then we finished that and I'm like, perfect, let's go for a run. And then Jack's like, oh, I'm going to go get coffee. And then I'm going to get, I was like, oh, for God's sake. So I ended up pissing Jack off, um, did my coach. No, I saw him at the gym and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I didn't have time to run this morning. Yeah, he just, he just messed up his timing. So I was like, well, I'm going to go to Yarra Flats solo, get this hour done. Um, this like shows the importance of nutrition, even when you're running like an hour, right? And I try and tell this to my athletes. Like I had, because the yoga was at 8 a.m., I had breakfast at 7, right? So if you have breakfast at 7 and then you do yoga and whatever, it's like then I had a coaching call that went like for ages. Then by the time I parked at Yarra Flats, it was after 11 and I was hungry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck, I probably should have stopped at 7-11 to get like some sort of nutrition because I know I'm already feeling hungry and weak. These hours get like I'm going to survive it, but it's just going to suck a bit. Um, But yeah, all of the trail was flooded. Like everywhere, oh, just really? completely flooded. Um, so I had to run up on that top, mm. the top pothole trail. You know that one? Yeah, I remember running along the Yarra, and there was just so much water in it. Crazy, right? Yeah. So I don't know if I told you this. I I, I told Jack because yeah, only Jack and I did the Live Laugh Love episode while you were driving to Falls Creek, and um, so you're coming up for, for the for the Melbourne listeners who know where Yarra Flats is. This will be sort of interesting to you. Um, you've got Heidelberg Road. Right, this is, and for the international listeners, this is, it's, it's pretty suburban. The trail that you're on looks forested, but there's like big main roads and stuff. You're not like out in the country, right? Even though the trail looks like it is. So crossover Heidelberg Road, you know, that's the big one, right? Where you go under the yeah, bridge, yeah. Uh, but I'm having to cross over the top because the bridge is flooded. Guess what comes hurling <laughs> towards me on the path? What? A wombat. Oh, really? A huge wombat. Like I thought, wow. it was a, I thought it was a water buffalo. What do you mean, what, like running towards you? Yeah, running at you. straight towards me on the trail, and I real, I know wombats aren't like aggressive, so I was like, "What the fuck's going on here?" And then I see a corgi, fucking <laughs> chasing after it. So I go, I like step over the wombat and get in between the corgi. I'm yeah, yelling yeah. out, I'm yelling out, "Fuck the fuck the queen to the corgi." <laughs> I'm protecting the Australian wildlife, you know. I'm like, yeah. and a and a bloke is coming towards me on a mountain bike, like sort of like looking sort of aggressive towards me. And I'm like holding the ground. I'm protecting my little William, the wombat that's sitting behind me. And this corgi's going, I've scared the corgi off. So the corgi's not doing much. And then the mountain biker comes up to me and I'm expect I'm about to yell at him and go, is this your fucking corgi? Like chasing our beautiful natural wildlife. And he says the same thing to me. And I go, Oh, oh really? And I go, and he goes, Oh fuck. So then we became friends and we're like, well, we're going to find the owner of this let's, corgi. Let's find him. <laughs> so we, we, the wombat like just needed, needed to escape um 
It was funny. The mountain biker said, he goes, I've got my money on the Wombat anyway. It was like three yeah, times true. the size of this Corgi. But I'd never, I, I thought it was like this, you know, I've been running out there for, for years and years and years. And I thought, like, I suppose it's interesting for international listeners hearing that, right? Because they, they might, you know, think like, like Wombat, do we see Wombats like walking down our street? It's like, no, it's not. You, you never, ever see Wombats. You never see Wombats. So you do see kangaroos out yeah on this trail they're not as interesting to see if I saw a kangaroo in Box Hill it'd be exciting enough for me to take a photo it's like what the fuck is that doing there right they were there mm. you don't see them in the suburbs it's sort of out in the in the bush um, but even then as Australians we still find them sort of cool to see like if we were running at Yarra Flats and we saw a big pack of kangaroos we would probably go oh look at the kangas yeah, yeah. you look at them you look at them right it's not yeah. like we're not doing that to the magpies no no um, but the wombats, you never ever see. So you so never you see one. It was very it's exciting, and it was huge, and as, as well. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" Um, and I sort of was like all excited to this guy. And so the guy's done a U-turn on his mountain bike, and we're running to. I, I'm running. He's riding next to me, and I said, oh, "Isn't that crazy?" And I was like giving him all this info about like it must be the floods, and they must have like come come from like more like past Warren Diet, past Eltham, and, that, and then he sort of like looked at me, and goes, "Oh, now nah, I see wombats here all the time." And I was like, "Oh, fuck off then." <laughs> I wonder if it's like. I, th- I think he d- he said he doesn't ever see them this close, but out um, like where it's really forested, sort of more deep in. But I think because they're they don't off, like they're animals. off the main trail exactly as well, yeah. And they don't like animals, like kangaroos. Like if you came up to a wombat, I think it would run away. So the reason why yeah. it was running to me on the trail was because the fucking queen's dog was chasing it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was Wednesday. Did an hour, and it was funny running back up the hill like that pothole road. Which, hey, we last week we uh, talked about some sort of milk acidity sort of joke. Yeah. We put out a put out a call to the milk scientists as a joke, thinking that you know someone. And we actually did have a food scientist write in and tell us um, tell us the answer to that. So here here's one for the uh, town planners or anyone that works in the council. I don't know if we've ever spoken to you about this, Brett, but there is a road that runs along the Yarra Flats. Um, oh, yeah. Can we get the conclusion of what the milk was, though? Uh, the reason why I wanted to quickly go on to my next story is because okay, I yeah. realised I'd forgot my <laughs> forgot the answer, <laughs> and I was hoping you weren't going to say that. We're going to have to go through the DMs and find. Go, it. Uh, I'll tell, tell my story, story and it. you come up with the answer. So this is—I don't know what it's called, what this road is called—but everyone there is incredibly uh, wealthy. The houses are mansions, like all these huge, beautiful mansions. And they all outlook over this uh, Yarra Flats trail. So it's almost like you live in Melbourne. You're probably only 15k or 12k out from the city, but it's it's beautiful. I don't know. I don't know if the suburb would be Eaglemont or Heidelberg. Not not. I'm not too sure. Ivanhoe. Ivanhoe. Whatever. But the road that all these rich like huge big mansions are on, goes for a few kilometers and I would say it is the worst road in Melbourne. Oh, it's terrible. Right? Like we're not- We rode around it once. You, yeah. you can't, you, you almost can't ride your bike on it because it's so yeah. potholed. Like it's just, it's absurd. And I remember being with Smack and we were talking about it. Like why the fuck have all these really wealthy people not spoken to the council to get it paved? But then I've thought if they pave it, people will- shortcut. Well, people will, yeah. Yeah, it's a shortcut. People will be speeding up it. Yeah. You cut the main road. So 
if you are, uh, that, that's what I heard. I, I you'd the heard information that. came from you that it's a shortcut. Yeah, and it's if it's a good road, it's like people are say heaps on, but it's such a bad road that people won't take it. Okay, yeah, maybe we don't need a scientist to or a, yeah. But if you are mm. and you do have the exact answer, um, please please talk talk to us. So, answer. as a milk scientist, typically it's a weak acid due to lactic acid, almost neutral pH. There you go. So, it's neutral. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Who was that? Who sent that in? Just to give him a shout out. Wiley Armstrong. There you go. Neil's brother. Well done. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Thirst. It's so funny because Wiley's um, profile picture is a lot like a Neil Armstrong photo. Is it? Standing. Like on the top of a mountain with a flag instead of the moon. <laughs> That's actually so true. Oh my god, that might be an inside joke. Do you know what I was really scared that you were going to do then? What I thought you were going to go. Oh my god, that's so funny. Wiley Armstrong's picture is just like a Neil Neil Armstrong picture. He's on a bike and he's riding in the a Pyrenees. He's <laughs> <laughs> wearing a yellow t-shirt. He's wearing a yellow t-shirt. <laughs> oh shit! Um, where were we? So yeah, saw the wombat. Wombat survived. Good on him. Um, we're only up to Wednesday right now. I know, <laughs> but the, the, I find the list the, the listeners need this from me because my training week yeah, is true. so fucking boring that they need they need a few um, a few little off off tangents. Uh, Thursday, I did another one hour. I'm trying to remember where I did it, and I can't remember. I just can't remember. I did it. Um, yeah, not sure. Did I do it from home? No, I don't. I actually have no idea. I don't know why I can't remember right now. What was Thursday? What was I doing? So in, in two weeks, we've had this podcast for two years. Mm, here we go. And still, you can't like write down your training program, find a training diary. Do you know why? It's because I've got the, the new Garmin. And I, so I usually have Strava up, but I haven't been syncing it to Strava with a house move and stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's... What about Garmin Connect? Yeah, it, has, it doesn't automatically go, I don't think. I have to, you know how you have to click, go into Garmin Connect to have it nah, synced? Mine does it in about two seconds. Okay, then I just, Maybe it's the Wi-Fi thing though. Maybe. Um, yeah, that's annoying. I'm going to come back to that if I remember. Friday, first session back. Um, I feel like I ran with someone on Thursday. That's killing me. I don't know why I'm... Anyway, whatever. Um, Friday, I went to Albert Park. So yeah. I had... Uh, got it. Thursday morning, hour round Newport. Stayed at Chelsea's. That's why I was confused. Got it. Around, around like the um, Eltona, like the marshland, wetlands all through there. I don't know if you've ever run around there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I did like a loop. Like, and I didn't know where I was running and I like, went all the way through these, the like the, the marshlands and I can see the Newport Tower. So I know like that's my gauge. I know how to get to that. And I get all the way to this like end point and I've like had a really nice run and it says road closed and the road is fully underwater. And I'm like, oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake. So now I'm going to have to go all the way back I came and do a boring run. <laughs> um, but yeah, Friday, like to be honest, these three runs were, they were all around like 420, 425 pace, which, you know, that's sort of the pace I was jogging. Um, but some felt sort of good. Some felt sort of shit. Antibiotics definitely rock you, so you def definitely don't feel great. Um, so I went to uh, training on on Friday with Charlotte and um, Shanae. They had their marathon session of seven by two k, mm -hmm. and they've been running three twenties um, for a lot of their stuff. And bidders told them to start out at three twenty five, 
and Lockie Morehouse was pacing. Clarkie was on the bike. Um, and I, you know, Smack was there. He was doing a normal threshold. And I'm like, you know, I haven't run anything under four thirties for like almost two weeks now with the sickness and the moving house and stuff. I'm like, I just need uh, pretty much. I'm going to use this to prep me to do a full session on Tuesday. Right. So I have like a bit, um, and I was just going to go to feel and look at my heart rate. So I said to Charlotte and Sinead, I'm just going to sit on the back and just chill out. And I'll just do the two, just do some two K's with you and see how I go. In typical Sinead and Charlotte fashion, you know, Bitters has told him start out at 325 and then, you know, get down to 320. Well, 318, first one, 316, <laughs> second one, and 314, the third one. Um, and I, I turned early on the third one because I was real, like, like I was, my heart rate was just like fucking climbing and I felt pretty shit. And I'm like, look, if I can just get 6K done. Um, and so I just did a U turn and then just jogged back. So I did like a bit of a longer warm up, uh, sorry, a bit of a longer cool down because I was, had to jog back from where I, where I stopped and then did the 20 minutes. So it was still like, you know, I don't know, 16, 17K, but only 6K of work at like 315s. Yeah. Um, and it, look, it felt pretty shit, but I know I just needed that to then, you know, I'm sure tomorrow's session a tuesday i'll be better for it uh saturday rest day i'm having saturday Wait, what are the girls going to do, oh, do they, just, they just keep banging down just kept banging down like lucky morehouse said he was fucking cooked so i left him at three <laughs> they had four more to go and i think they like their last one was like 312 or something like they just push each other so hard um mm. saturday rest day um just did some gym yoga stuff and then sunday met riley wolf out at yarra flats at 7 30 Big early early run for me. Very early. Yeah, so seven thirty. Yeah, so he said, oh, "Do you mind going earlier than than uh, than usual?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Like I was I was cool with it. So yeah, we just went and we ran. I was expecting to run slower, Riley. When you're listening, he made a joke to you that I was half stepping him. I guarantee you, I was diagonally behind him the entire run, and he kept going. I think we should slow down. I think we should slow down. I'm like, "Well, you fucking slow down then." <laughs> like, he was definitely running. You know, is. I think we're like 4.35, 4.35 pace for for um, 20. We did the loop, like the longer loop. So he actually goes backwards around the hills and then really. you go around the back of the lake twice. So it was like 23K. Um, yeah. So it's like an hour 45 and it was at 4.35 pace and my average heart rate was 121. So compare that to the week before or two weeks before when two weeks, I was sick, yeah, yeah. when my heart rate was hitting like 160, running like three thirties up those hills. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have the K, I don't have the K's for you because I haven't obviously synced the Garmin. Um, but yeah, I promise next week I'll have the exact K's for you. But it's just good. <laughs> it was good to just feel, you know, that like even though Friday was a bit smaller, um, a good hour 45 on Sunday, I will be like ready for and a, putting together three, three back to back hour runs, three back to back hours, a, and then a fourth really with this session. With the session, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm excited for a good week of training. I'm going to do, you know, I ran, um, ran this morning. I'm going to do session tomorrow at Waverley. I'll run an out. I'm thinking, here's, a, I'll ask you rather than bother Collis, if you had just one run to do on Wednesday. Would you do an hour in the morning and then go to Falls Creek, or would you do thirty in the morning, drive to Falls and thirty at night, just to sort of like get the get the like let the car right out of your legs? Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's like it's yeah. four or five hours. It's not like ridiculous, yeah, think, and it's not like. And when were you train? Thursday uh, Friday, or Friday. Friday. 
So that, yeah. I think it'd be fine. fine. Yeah. I just, I suppose I've got this like complex about it from that stressy I got from like 20 hours of driving when they said it was like the reason I got the sacrum stressy was because of the pressure on my sacrum driving. So then I think like driving to 7-Eleven, I better do like yoga before I feel like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, maybe just do some yoga when you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a smarter move. Um, things we've seen on Instagram this week that we aren't too sure about. Actually, no. I've got thrown. I've That's got reminded thrown us. Though, it's, but it, it has reminded us. <laughs> we had we didn't say this in the intro, um, but we did mention it last week. We are now transitioning to an interview with everyone's the name that is said on this podcast the most, without a doubt. Maybe Geordie yeah. Williams comes a close second, but no, none other than Tim Vincent. Riley spoke to Tim last week, I believe, maybe the week before. Um, for our Patreon listeners, you would have already heard this interview. Um, but yeah, Riley spoke to, to Tim about plenty of stuff. It's a good interview. Enjoy it now. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to another special athlete interview. My name is Riley. I'm your host. And I'm joined today by the man whose name is mentioned more than any other name on FTK. He gets his name read out every single week by Brett and Joel. I think it's probably the stupidest joke on the podcast, but the guys seem to really enjoy it. Anyway, I'm here today with Tim Vincent. Tim, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Raleigh. Thanks for having me. Mate, are you are you aware of the fact that the guys say your name every single week at the end of the show? I am. Um, I was going to say, I, that, I talked to Joel earlier in the year in Hobart because I didn't even know what um, what the joke actually kind of meant, to be honest. So, yeah, look, it doesn't bother me. If everyone else has a laugh, then, yeah, I'm happy. I honestly think the only people having a laugh are Brett and Joel. Like they, they, they think it's quite funny. But <laughs> good uh, on them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever works, right? Um, yeah. Hey, so we're recording this. We're actually recording this on the first of January, twenty twenty four. Pretty exciting, sort of you know, refresh, new year, all that sort of stuff. You know, the year is full of hope and optimism, and obviously now we're in the Olympic year. You've really, I mean, you've you've been around and at a at a high level for a couple of years. We would know you. You've you've raced events like Zatapec, you've, we've seen you here in Melbourne and we've seen you, you know, on the domestic scene, we've seen you racing internationally, but you've really come onto the radar of a lot more people in the last couple of months. And and that's due to, you know, a couple of marathon performances in particular. But before we jump into uh, the Kobe Marathon, which we'll get to, I want to talk about Gold Coast Marathon. You're from the Gold Coast. You ran, you debuted in the marathon on goal, in Gold Coast in 2023. With a two seventeen, yeah. I want, first, I want to, sorry, go. Oh, right. I just, I just wanted to correct you. Firstly, I'm actually a Brisbane based athlete, um, so I do train with a Gold Coast based group. But yeah, I do commute down, um, hopefully once a week on a Saturday. Yeah. Do yeah, you? you've thrown me. Okay, well, good to no, know. That's I'm, all learning, right. I'm learning something. Um, okay, so so Gold Coast Marathon, you run a two seventeen in your debut. Before we before we progress too far and talk about um Kobe Marathon crossing the line with a 217 on the Gold Coast what were your kind of immediate I'm always curious about people's immediate thoughts after their first marathon like was it like shit that was hard I don't want to do it again geez I can go faster I wish I had done more of this sort of training like how did you kind of process that first marathon it was all pretty negative to be honest because like all my training and everything up to it I was like really shooting for 214 and like even in the back of my head, I thought 2.14 was quite lenient in a way, like just given from my half results. So I probably was shooting a bit 
ambitious, um, especially for the first one. So um, the whole morning I was like nowhere near my splits where I needed to be to achieve that goal. So I was pretty frustrated um, all morning. It obviously got quite hard like a marathon does. So it was like hard, but I felt like I wasn't achieving what I wanted to. I was pretty happy to get to the end of it and just try and get out of there. Um, it, it's interesting you mentioned you've, you've, you are a really good half marathoner. You ran a 61-minute half in – was it in Italy or something in 2022? Yeah, it was in Rome. It, it is a point A to B, and I think I had a tailwind that day. But, yeah, nonetheless, that's what the clock read. Still, you, you, you take a 61. Um, so, I mean, a 61 definitely indicates that you could run faster than, than 217, but you, you've got to do it, of course. Is there so in the in the probably the weeks or you know once you you get over that recovery from the marathon, as you say, you were way off your splits. You weren't quite where you wanted to be. You found it really hard, and the thoughts were pretty negative. But what did you go back and change in training for the next one? Actually, I think the thing that helped the most was for my second marathon. I didn't do a specific build, so I was just in racing different things from halves to 10Ks to just trying to pick a bit of money up on the road. Um, the priority was that World Half Championship in Riga and then kind of tried to earn a little bit of money back domestically and in New Zealand and then kind of Kobe just came around. So I was like really um, used to racing and running hard but didn't have the preparation like I did for Gold Coast for the marathon side of things. And I think that actually kind of worked in my favour. Yeah, so in terms of training loads, did you did you find that your mileage was maybe a bit lower than it would have been in a marathon block, but 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 more intensity? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think I hit in the two months out. I actually have to go back and look at my graph. But before Gold Coast, I think I had a week or two up, like one hundred and ninety kilometers. I don't think I would have gone above one sixty before Kobe in the three weeks out. I think there was even. A few like 100, 110s. Um, I raced about three weeks in a row. So I was definitely like working hard. It was all quite just lower mileage, higher intensity type stuff. And when did I see you? I saw you in late October. I I reckon three weeks out from Kobe. That was probably when you saw me. Okay. So for for everyone listening, uh, I went up to the Gold Coast late October. Courtney Atkinson, um, former Olympian um, triathlete, sort of local running legend as well. Courtney Atkinson put on this event called Race the Sun, which was a six-person relay from the Gold Coast to, I don't know where it was, but it it was 300K inland, basically. Anyway, it was a pretty epic weekend. And Tim, you were part of a team with the Gold Coast Run Co. And- most so the other teams kind of split it up, right? So, you know, six runners you would kind of cycle through, and a runner would do I don't know five or ten k at a time, whatever it was. You pretty much ran in just a couple of like twenty five k blocks or something. It was something ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, because um, I would go on at three pm in the afternoon, like that was the plan. And Jack, we just kind of assigned it. We we're like, well, this can just be your one mara prep day. Um, because I was racing just about every other weekend. We're like, this is kind of going to be the only chance we get. So I flogged the 20 odd K out of um, surfers, ended up, um, I don't think I got more than an hour off till 3 p.m. and covered like 58 K or something in the day. Um, yeah, through the heat as well. It was pretty grim and I 
think I averaged three forty eights. Uh, by the end of the day, I was like running four ball, like three fifties at one sixty heart rate. So I think that prepared me well for the mental side of the marathon. I almost say that was harder than the marathon at given points. Well, I, I mean, for a bunch of reasons too, right? The terrain, like I was out there on course, yeah. it, was, it was pretty hilly, pretty lumpy. It was obviously you're running through the middle of the day when it was definitely pretty hot. And also you were running alone, right? There was no one else within miles of you. So yeah, I think that obviously would have taken a fair bit of like mental focus and strength to get through. Yeah, there was certain bits as well. Like I think the... Like when you combine all of that and the initial like excitement factors worn off after the first few hours and you kind of start to settle in. I know I missed like the back end all through the night, but even I found probably like that midday to 2 p.m. where I was like, I'm still three hours here and my team's pretty much rotating me 50 to 60% of the work. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was raising the white flag three hours before I could leave. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a big weekend, and especially so so close to a marathon. Uh, let's let's talk about that second marathon. So, as I say, you ran two twelve oh five or oh six. Anyway, um, incredible performance, breakout performance. You know, five minute PB from Gold Coast, which was only a few months earlier. Talk us through it. What clicked? What changed? Apart from, as you say, you didn't get stuck in that getting bogged down of marathon training you were running less volume higher intensity so the speed was still there but in the actual race itself what what changed for you um in this race particularly in Kobe so I think it's I think it's an e-label firstly so they had a group of about five um Kenyan and Moroccan elite ASICS runners um Fukuoka was only two weeks later so point being there were the Japanese field was pretty limited, and I think that's because of Fukuoka. So my choice on that day, which I worked out 100 metres in, was like go with the Kenyans and Moroccans or like I looked over my shoulder and it looked probably like 220 pace type deal. Um, so I was like, you know what, you know, you go, you travel all that way. I was like, I'm probably going to end up by myself anyway, which I did, but I kind of managed to get 8K into a headwind off the back of the other guys. So I think that was quite important to set the pace and that was already like I think 308s or something into the headwind and then I had about oh, 10 to 12k by myself to kind of try and get through into a headwind and once I turned around it felt like it all kind of turned in my favour. And you, sp- I mean your splits look really good. One thing that I love is your training's all there on Strava, your races are there on Strava, we can we can see it. It it's interesting you talked about Gold Coast and said like, you know, kind of your 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 half marathon PB, your training sort of indicated that, you know, 214, maybe 213 or, or lower was possible. So, you know, going out aggressively in this race and then and running a pretty even split and running a 212, were you kind of throughout the race as you get halfway or you get to 30k, were you expecting a bit of a wall or a tough patch or did it was it pretty smooth sailing? I actually forgot to mention the biggest part of all of this. I actually nearly didn't even travel because I had an infected foot. I didn't run for seven days, like, <laughs> um, like pretty much right before it. So I'm trying to get my mentality across of this race. Like I was, um, I'd pretty much thrown it in the bin mentally. Like I was like, if it'll be a miracle if I even finish this thing. Wow. Um, so it was kind of like I, I think that was the power of it. I had like a free go. Um, mentally, it was almost like 
this can't go well, so just throw whatever you can and see what happens. Mm. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a big thing. So I was running with like a pad in my foot. I had like this numbing cream, this yeah, blister that got infected from my work in a hydrotherapy pool. Uh, it's definitely the worst thing I've ever had on my foot. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, crossing the line in 212. Yeah. I mean, talk me through that. Talk me through the couple of Ks leading into finishing when you, when you, because there comes that point in a marathon, well, at least for me and for maybe for amateurs where, you know, things get really dark, things get really hard. You think, shit, can I hold on? Can I do this? And then there's that point where you're like, oh no, it's going to be okay. I'm going to finish and I'm going to run X time. So when you start to realize that, hey, I'm going to run around 212 here, or when you're coming into that finishing shoot, what's the, what are the thoughts going through your mind? Yeah, it was pretty surreal because I, I know exactly what you're talking about when you reference like the kind of the point where you know you're going to get there. But I never had that with Kobe. I always knew I was going to get there. I just felt that good that it was more a question of how much can I wind it up in a given, like if there's 12K left, how fast can I run 12K? Um, so it did feel pretty good. Um, if anyone knows Kobe well, the race finishes on the island just across from the mainland. So there's this massive bridge, like probably four or five stories high, and they send us up there at 40K. Um, so I had to save a bit. In, I knew it was coming, so I saved a bit in the tank for that. Um, but that last 2K got pretty grim, and, I, yeah, I did get that feeling at the end to cross the line. Mm. I was, that was pretty stoked. I was happy to be done with it by then. <laughs> there's, there's some interesting stuff there, right? Like, one, not not running for a week before the marathon because of your foot, but also two, that kind of, as you sort of said, like you, you get a bit of a free hit because it releases that pressure and you say, well, shit, I don't even know if I'm going to get to the start line. I don't know if I'm going to get to the finish line. So whatever happens, happens. And I think there's like a good, there's a good lesson there, even for amateur, like for rec runners, right? Is like, you're not always going to have the perfect lead in. And so many of us are so worried about what are we doing in taper week and what are we doing in those final two weeks before a marathon? You had a week off, right? So yeah. you're not you're not always going to get that perfect sort of set of circumstances in race week, but that doesn't always matter and it doesn't always mean you're going to have a bad race. And then the ability to kind of let go of that pressure or that expectation and say, well, shit, I'm here. Let's just see what happens. I think that's really um, powerful for people. I almost reckon it goes the other way and it actually helped like taking the pressure off like i didn't go to kobe with a time in mind i didn't i just wanted ideally like i would have been annoyed if i didn't run quickly in gold coast in the back of my mind um but i think it really helps not having like a really um specific goal like i do for example half marathons and something that i've done a lot more of i know exactly kind of where i should be um yeah, so I think that helped a lot, and I'll probably find that quite challenging with my third marathon. I'm expecting, um, yeah, possibly a regression in terms of time. Hope to still learn uh, the race, but understand it's not all it's not a linear progression usually. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's the interesting thing, right? Is now that you've run this two twelve, um, the running community, like now we look at you as a contender for. Paris potentially like and we'll, we'll chat about that in a moment around what your 2024 20, plans are but at the moment you're not far off right you you're arguably your hat is in the ring you probably would need to go and run another marathon within the window and, and we'll talk about whether that's your plan but 
um, it's kind of the opposite of what you just that the circumstances you just described. It's it's Absolutely. pressure. It's it's expectation. <laughs> it's shit. Now I've got to chase this time. Yeah, yeah. How how do you tackle that? I do thrive under those circumstances, um, but in saying that, to tackle those things, you usually need a bit bit more going your way. So those things like a week off, running alone, headwinds. Um, so that's where those pace groups, no bridges or no bridges at 40K, cool conditions, those are like one or two percenters. Um, I assume you kind of need them all going your way to mm. try and run 210, I assume. Now, you are, as we sit here today on the 1st of Jan, you are the one, two, you are f- the fifth fastest Aussie within the, the Olympic qualification period behind Brett Liam. Andy Buchanan, Pat Tiernan, um, and you're ahead of Ed Goddard and, and then a bunch of others after that. Have you have you mapped out 2024 plans yet? And and are you sort of aggressively targeting um, a spot for Paris? I've mapped them out in my own mind. I've, I'm meeting with Jacko next Saturday. Jacko's my coach. Um, but, yeah, I think it, the way I describe it is I'm a very, like, outside shot so you look at oceana champs i pretty much picked up the result that i got there can't count others can so ed's got a lot of points um what i'm trying to say is that there's a lot of people sitting a bit more pretty than me and in four months to take what i think it would need about a 210 and even then it's like requiring three or four things to go my way so mm. i'm quite wary of that i don't want to break myself pushing for a one percent shot but mm. if you don't go for that 1% shot, kind of why do we do what we do? So I'm going to have a crack at it, but um, obviously with a bit of caution and make sure the body's all right um, and keep keep the learning process, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it does sound like if you think about the things that didn't go well for you in that lead up in terms of like the foot, the week off, not having a pack to run with, headwinds like if 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 say if there's four things there if two of those go your way it's like well shit what's that worth to me you know in a better scenario like if getting a good pack we we saw uh you know we just had a, a really great series with jen gregson around valencia and she had a perfect pack for valencia and it, it's not the whole reason why she ran so fast but it definitely contributes right and so um does that does that sort of stuff play into your race selection for your next marathon is it about okay it's not just about um the course but it's about who else might be running in the pace groups or the packs and those sorts of things yeah it's um so interesting because the other thing is i'll for anyone at home i obviously be well i'll say it straight out right i won't run the um automatic time in the next four months so i'd be looking if i was to qualify as an outsider i'd need points so that then comes into it as well. So there's no point me running like a, well, you could say go run Seville in eight weeks, but I don't think that'd be my best option. Uh, quite far to travel, pay a fair bit of money, probably come 40th. That'd be a good result, to be honest. And even a 40th place result running like, hypothetically, even if you run 210 to 11, that's not actually going to be enough from where I'm sitting. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, then you got to delve a little deeper and try to look for a few points and, that's the conversation I've got to have with Jacko. Like, we'll probably have a go somewhere. Still not sure where. 
I know Osaka's been thrown up. Um, there's a few in Korea in April, but trying to push it as late as possible into March and April um, and ideally have a race that has points maybe down to like 8th or 12th. So. Mm. Yeah. Which is still it. a big ask. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, as you say, there's a lot of things that need to go your way. We've obviously... I'm not sure when this episode will come out to the um, to the main listenership, but maybe when this comes out, Pat Tiernan's already run his marathon, and and absolutely, yeah, he's 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 going to be targeting the standard um, over in Houston. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. I want to switch gears a bit and talk about Queensland running. Uh, listeners of the show and, and our Patreon listeners who listened to our Gold Coast Diaries or our Chasing Paris shows would be very familiar with Jen Gregson and, and her, you know, daily struggles with with training up in Brisbane in terms of the heat and the humidity and and the famous dew point. Uh, talk me talk me through how you cope with the training. As you say, you you you're predominantly training in Brisbane, but you go to the Gold Coast once a week for for a session, but. Are you are you training early more? Like Jen says, there's days where she's at the track at five five thirty, that sort of thing. Are you doing the same, or how are you how are you managing it? Yeah, I'm actually jumping in with the um, MTC guys, like Brisbane Branch, um, and Jen and Cara there on a Tuesday morning. So that I find that track Tuesday, like you guys do, it's proper hard. I struggle with that stuff, and especially the heat on top of it. Um, how I cope with it. You kind of just got to get yourself through it. I don't really have any coping mechanisms apart from we all just put a water bottle on the track. Um, even with recoveries, you're just going to be a little bit smarter in the way in which you run the session. So before you f- you got to kind of like feel yourself about to pop and then make an action before you pop because if you, you know, wait that extra lap, you've usually screwed your whole session over. So it's things like a lot of the time um, I'll get spat off the back, so I'll cut a recovery Um Instead of a lap jog, you know, maybe I'll stand still or set a lap out, um, maybe run the full distance but just drop myself off the back a bit earlier. And they're all things I kind of use to manage the heat um, and also the yeah, very talented runners that I'm training with. That takes real discipline though, doesn't it? And it takes like there's there's a there's a sort of a letting go of the ego element to that because I see, I see it even with my group, right, where a bunch of – you know, we're 80 or 100 rec runners at the track on a Tuesday morning and there's a lot of people, myself included sometimes, who will sit in a group that's probably a bit beyond our ability but – and you tell yourself, oh, I'm just going to sit at the back and I'm going to just drop off a little bit early if I need to but the ego takes over and you kind of get caught up and you end up running, you know, much harder than you should. So is that a challenge to kind of be self-aware and, and understand your limitations and say, actually, you know what, I'm going to let these guys go a little bit on this rep? Yeah, potentially. And um, even within the track session, there's like certain goals or certain reps where the best way to describe it is like the money rep. So um, the slower, more aerobic or threshold reps, for example, like they're the ones if you're going to give a lap back or if you're going to run a bit slower, um, that's where you do it. So it's also about maximising the purpose of the session and understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Um because a lot of the time we'll still make sure every for those bits of the session, everyone's doing their best or finishing together um, at the prescribed time, and then you kind of try and compromise the excess if you need to. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, I, I want to 
sort of switch gears again now, Tim. You are, I mean, I think this is the first time you've been on FTK, apart from being mentioned every week. Yeah, uh, mate. I want to talk. I want to talk about what you're doing when you're not running. Yeah, I work um, in allied health. I'm at a. I'm an exercise physiologist working at a physiotherapy practice. Um, so I've just finished my first full year. I do about uh, 28 hours a week. Um, and then, yeah, so pretty busy with the running. Um, just run, sleep, work. <laughs> and in your downtime, I asked, so I, I interviewed Izzy about Doyle a couple of days ago. Izzy, I think, is probably, you know, one of the – Busiest women in athletics, and absolutely, she's she's got a lot going on. She's running ridiculous K's, and she's um, you know running businesses and these sorts of things. And I sort of said to her, like, "Hey, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, when you and Riley are sitting on the couch watching a movie, what are you watching?" And she's like, "Oh, we'll watch TV for twenty minutes and then go back to work." Are you kind of? And, and she's quite happy to be sort of all consumed by running. She's really kind of leaning into that sort of obsession with running, and that's working for her. What do you do to switch off? Obviously, as you say, you, you're working, you know, almost probably a three-quarter full-time workload. You're running. How are you unwinding and taking your mind off running? Football or soccer, better known here. I love the um, – you probably know anyway. Like, me and a mate went to the Doha World Cup. Um, I've tried to support a bit more of the Brisbane Raw being the local football. Um, in saying that, they just got thumped 8-1 by Melbourne. So uh, <laughs> I saw Timmy O'Shaughnessy on the weekend and him and Tom are obviously Melbourne City fans. So that was a good old laugh. But, yeah, so that I kind of – I pay for Paramount Plus for that purpose and I do find that helps to switch off. So I'll go to the home games um, and watch all the games um, midweek on the weekend and also any other game where Brisbane's not playing. So that's kind of, I guess, my release. Um away from running because I do love sport and I do love, I don't know, just the competitive part of things, but it's just not running. Yeah. If you, if you, sorry, if you could play any other sport, would it be football? Yeah, absolutely. I, was, I played um, till I was about 14 and then made the choice to run instead. Yeah. Okay. Now you're working, you're running, you, you've, You've kind of been, from my understanding, you've kind of been a self-funded athlete or a self-supported athlete up until now. How cha- how challenging is that? And you know, to 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 because we see, you know, obviously at the at the very top of the sport, we've got guys like, you know, Robbo, who's you know he's obviously worked really hard for a number of years as a professional athlete. His day is full of double runs and gym sessions and physio and massage and all this sort of stuff. And you're, you're working, you know, 30 hours a week. Andy Buchanan, who we've often had on the show is doing the same. Is that a battle? Yeah, it is. Um, in saying that though, like the sport I'm getting at the moment is like, it just helps take the pressure off mainly in like picking your fights or picking your races. Kind of what I mentioned earlier, because yeah, a lot of it is like, how far do you travel or how much money yeah. do you put into something or even just having that little bit of, it sounds silly, but just like support or more people in your corner. Like it's like a little family. Um, it's been very good as well. Um, so, yeah, I find the, found the whole thing so far pretty beneficial um, to me. And then like, for example, this morning I was down at a group run. I try and give back where I can and get amongst it because it's actually a pretty cool atmosphere and they're just starting to launch like a running side of the brand as well. Can you talk to me about this this 
group run this morning. Explain it, explain it for me in the audience. Yeah, sweet. So it was a um, 24 kilometres for the first day of 2024. We had a bit of unfortunate weather, though. There was like a 5.30 thunderstorm on the way down from Brisbane to the Gold Coast. So um, probably limited the numbers that we had. We still had a pretty decent turnout. Um, but, yeah, for a Monday running 24K, um, uh, yeah, I usually don't do that. But that's um, it's <laughs> good for everyone to tough that out in the rain, to be honest. And And what's like... I imagine you're seeing a really wide cross-section of the running community or like wide cross-section of sort of backgrounds and abilities at these sorts of things. Do you, you know, I've only been around sort of, you know, and meeting and talking with elite level athletes for sort of the last six or seven years. And I find that there's kind of, there's two types of elite athletes. There's elite athletes who only know the elite side of sport and can't really relate to a rec runner because they've grown up and they've been really good from a really young age. So they only know the sport as that elite side. And then there's there's athletes who go to community runs and they get out and they understand that, hey, someone's version of fast is a five-minute K, not a 310 or whatever else, right? So I imagine you through Gold Coast and and various other things, I imagine you get to spend a bit of time with rec runners. Absolutely. I actually can't wait to do that myself. Hopefully, if my body still lets me once I'm done with my like performance running days. But yeah, you get such an enjoyment out of it. Um, like we all had a coffee and a feed after and met so many new people this morning and even people that I already knew um, within the brand just got to meet better. Um, yeah, I feel like I get a lot more out of that. Like it fulfills me a bit more sometimes than actually rocking up and doing a training session, even if you know your training session. So I do look to explore that a bit further in the future. Um, I know it'll be waiting there when I get a chance. So even things like park runs, um, yeah, that whole other side to running, I'd love to um, explore a bit more when I'm not so bound by my training. What I, I seem to end up on the Gold Coast, I don't know, three or four times a year for different things whether it's you know things courtney's doing or marathon weekend or or whatever else and i'm i'm always kind of and i don't spend as much time in brisbane but i'm always kind of struck that there is a there is a fairly solid running community it just it just looks very different to the melbourne running community or and and maybe 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 sydney is a bit of a hybrid right because sydney's got a bit better weather than melbourne and the beaches and that sort of stuff but um What's what's your what's your view on the the running community on the Gold Coast and in Brisbane? Like it it seems like it's growing really quickly. Is that fair? Yeah, it's actually like ridiculous how fast it's growing. So we've just sold out, I think, Gold Coast Marathon overnight. I know there's plans to hopefully increase the capacity, but nonetheless, like it's what first um, of January. Like an, I know <laughs> Melbourne sold out, but that just doesn't happen up here, especially during summer. Um, my take on it is it's a few years now post-COVID, so people are putting some solid running together now and can mm. run a few more events back-to-back as well within the same year. But the whole boom, it's just um, great to see um, social media feed at the moment. It's just all these different run clubs popping up in Brisbane, um, same as the Gold Coast. So everyone's just getting into it, I think, finding the joy of running and kind of wanting to get involved, which is awesome. Yeah, and... So, for a while, I thought that maybe this was just my Instagram feed because obviously my Instagram feed is normally full of uh, running. But then lately, I've just been like, I've been using 
Instagram as my Google, right? To search for like different, maybe different core exercises to do in the gym. I go to the gym a couple of times a week, predominantly to help my running, right? But now my Instagram feed is has basically combined those two things. And so I've just got a lot of gym bros who run in my Instagram <laughs> feed. Yeah. And, yeah. and like I've I've spent a ridiculous amount of time thinking about this over the last couple of weeks and then starting to research it and going like really deep down these rabbit holes. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that I think I think this is going to be the explosion, the next kind of explosion in running in 2024 is actually probably going to be from men and women who are currently mostly training in the gym or they're going to the gym three or four times a week who are now starting to run 5Ks and 10Ks and looking for that next goal. And it probably is more, you know, sort of- More a, relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, um, I think that's what's quite exciting about like a lot of that stuff that you're talking about and the things that get a lot of um, interaction on social media um, and the shift in in that. Yeah, these um, it's just how much you can kind of relate to that person, I believe. So, for example, like I've got heaps of mates that are just like taking up running or they've started running and kind of just like got more into it. And to someone else, um, I think the group – or the silent majority can relate much more to that than, for example, um, I know I can talk about running, but someone else's experience may not relate as directly to mine. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Tim, just before we go, um, you obviously still got to figure out your 2024 plans, but will do you, how much of the next couple of months have you planned out? Like, are you planning to yeah. go to falls? Are you planning to go to falls at all? Or do you think we'll see you in any track races over summer just to help that speed or will you kind of spend a bit more time training instead? Yeah, easy. So I'll map out till April in my mind. Um, I'd love to get the falls. I've just had so much time off work that I don't <laughs> feel as if I can. Um, so no falls this year. Hoping to run Murugami half um, in the first week of February. Um, I think we've got our cross trials at Stromlo, so I'd love mm. to give that a bit of a crack. That's last week of february or first of march or first something first of march it's a it's a friday night i'm excited yeah. for that a bit of a twilight sort of style race yeah i booked my flight home for friday afternoon thinking it was a morning race i've still got to <laughs> fix that up um and then i'm looking for something in march like i'm not like a three weeks out from a marathon so i've obviously mm. got to find the marathon yet which will be march april preferably as late as possible and then I tend to like a half about three weeks before. Um, I did Auckland two weeks before Kobe. That worked quite well, so I kind of want to stick with that. Mm. I do plan the one track race in January. There's a little local 3K just at our, um, I think, at UQ. Um, I just don't want to go all the way to Japan having not raced for a little bit, so I want to rip the Band-Aid off and, um, yeah, just hurt myself a little bit in a 3K so I remember what racing's like. Uh, sounds fun. Well, Tim, yeah. hey, thanks so much for jumping on the show. I feel like it's it's long overdue, but you're, you're one of these people like you, you kind of feel familiar purely because bloody Brett and Joel okay. mention you everywhere. Yeah, something like that. It's a bit of a strange one, but um, mate, thanks for your time today. Happy New Year and all the best for 2024. Yeah, likewise, Riley. Thanks for having me. Um, probably catch you sometime soon in Melbourne anyway and have a good 2024. Thanks, mate. All right, back to the guys in the studio. All right, we are back. Thank you, Tim. 
And we should have really got Tim in the end of that interview with Riley to introduce his own segment, shouldn't we? Yeah. So, yeah. With, uh, yeah, no more stuffing around. Things we've seen on Instagram this week that we aren't too sure about. Tim Vincent. Let's hear it. What's yours? Um, so mine, it just came up on Instagram today. Uh, there's a Dutch runner named Mike Foppen, a very good runner. Um, he's, I think he could be in South Africa training and he did a long run and has a bloody sock and he just says, gotta love long runs. And it's a picture of his foot and it's a terrible looking foot. And it looks <laughs> like he's like, and I don't think he's from the long run. It's look like he's uh, a lawnmower ran over his foot or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, the toes look short. I was sending to Rambo and Rambo's like, I think it's from doing um, foot exercises. Why his foot looks like that. But I've seen better looking feet. No, I don't got a good looking feet. <laughs> my, yeah, and, you're, and you've got some shocking feet, yeah. Um, yeah. That's like my favorite insult is like your head looks like a foot. I don't know why I've always, <laughs> yeah. I've always thought that's so funny. Um, I, I don't know where this came from, but I've had send, – send the podcast a DM if you've got the same thing, but I've got these obscure Instagram ads from this like 60, 70-year-old bloke who started some sort of foot strengthening um, – like business and it's like a, like separate a toe separator thing and he does all these like foot exercise mobility thing and the whole like ad is about that and his feet genuinely look like they're out of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like Rambo is like saying, no, nah, it's like a thing that you can get these strength strong feet yeah. that looks like Hobbit feet. Yeah, well, it's it's like have you seen um oh, what's the um. Yosemite, the Yosemite climbers. Uh, come on, we've talked about this before. The the rock climbers, those docos, um, yeah. free free solo and stuff. You know, free yeah. solo where the guy oh. does he like climbs it without. Um, there's there's two. There's one where there's without the ropes. Yeah, so that's that must be free solo. Which Alex Harnold or something. Like that. Yeah, could be. A lot of the listeners know what we're talking about. Um, there's another one where the guy does. He's the only person to ever climb. Maybe it's like a certain elephant wall or something or something like that in Yosemite, and he doesn't do that free solo. He does it with, uh, with like safety gear, but it's also never been done before. So it's just as special. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. But you look at their hands, like oh, they yeah. are fucked. So I think it's the equivalent, yeah. right? Yeah. So maybe an insult, maybe an insult instead of fuck his head looks like a bloody foot. It could be like fuck his head looks like a rock climber's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so anyway, what's your? By the way, after I said that silly joke, I, it sounded like I did a mic drop. Did you hear that? It was just the <laughs> it was the foam roller dropping. <laughs> um, so mine was sent into us by a patron, um, or sorry, a FTK listener, I should say, um, and I've just lost it, so I have to bring it up right now. Um, it's one of those, you know, those uh, crazy bloody video like the gym fluencer kind of guys and it's definitely become a trend now to do like however much crazy stuff you can do in one shot there's two blokes on treadmills running and they're sprinting as hard as they can side by side they've got people behind them holding them back with therabands and then they've got guys throwing swiss balls at their heads and they're trying to like <laughs> grab the swiss ball and then throw it back but all while sprinting and it's like I know for sure that that has no health benefits at all and is only dangerous. But just looking, yeah. it's just one of those ones where you look at it and you just piss yourself laughing. Yeah. We'll, we love those ones, don't we? We love those ones. And I was about to say, we'll put it up on the story. Um, we've not done that for the past six months. I know. So pretty much this segment's us explaining 
a visual thing and then that's all they get. That's all they get. Yeah. We've got too busy. We need personal assistance to to add the uh, stuff to the story. Now Sask is gone and we don't have anyone uh, anyone doing the video. But oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Hey, I'll see you on uh, on Wednesday when I'm up, yep. at, uh, up at Falls Creek. Um, just a reminder again, Murray Plant Meet, Feb 15th. Tickets are on sale now. We'll see you there. We'll see you in the FTK cheer zone. And lastly, again, talking about that Chasing Paris UK for what we worked it out. What was that? If you're an Australian listener, it's this is inclusive of GST. It's $18 a month to become a patron. Um, we try not to hammer hammer like patron, you know, you, um, too much, but like it really is our livelihood. Like this, I don't think people understand the, the work that goes behind um, the podcast. Like people might just think Brett and I just can't meet at 4 p.m. and just fuck around for an hour on, on the mic. But, you know, it's pretty much our feels like you know with that and, and the coaching that we do in our own running it's definitely like the, a full-time job um and one way for you if you are loving the content is to support us and we're not saying you know a one-year commitment or anything like that when you need to pay us a hundred bucks like even just give it a shot that one that one uh domino's pizza you know two <laughs> i was gonna say one domino's is that cheap it might be two domino's pizzas <laughs> 18 dollars a month give it a give it a try and if you were to give it a try you may as well do it now while chasing paris uk is on you'll be hearing live laugh love and run there's hot takes there's plenty of content on there um the link is in below on uh on the on the show notes so yeah please give us a try um and if you don't want to get fucked <laughs> I think we'll leave it there. See you guys next week. See ya. <laughs>